Coming up on this special episode of the KitCast, I'm at Nerdtacular 2013. I interview some people who've gone through the whole entire crowdfunding process and get some insight from them. So sit back and relax. It's time for the KitCast. Hey everybody, how are you doing? This is KT Data and I am fresh back from Nerdtacular 2013. And what an awesome event that was. Um... And one of the things that I got to do at Nerdtacular 2013 was uh, stop and talk to some of the people who've, you know, run their own crowdfunding projects. And if I remember right, all three of these people that we have have uh, been featured on the KitCast previously. So let's just go in and uh, dive in and see what their experiences were with crowdfunding projects. All right, guys, here is with uh, one of my internet heroes, Tom Mayer, right here. Perfect. I swear you do everything on the internet and I consume all of it. But um, here on the KitCast, the one thing that I wanted to talk to you about was your experiences with running not one, but two crowdfunding projects mm -hmm. at the same time. So the first question is, why did you kind of want to pick crowdfunding as your first place to go? Well, there's there two different projects. One, 10 State, was actually run by Len Peralta, and I helped him mm -hmm. with it. Uh, but that was for a comic book. And it was pretty typical, like, we want to make this comic book, check, check. but Len needs to have time paid for. Uh, so we were able to wait for that. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, they did. Okay. No wise. You have to sign a form to remove a microphone. So, so we were like, Len was like, I need my time paid for Let to me draw see your it. And, uh, and so we decided to kickstart it and see how we could, how much we could get. And very wisely, I think we said, well, we'll do three issues at one level and then stretch goals for more issues. The ho hopefully we'll be able to sell enough of the issues in the general public outside of the Kickstarter that Kickstarter will work the way it's supposed to as isn't kickstarting us into not having to do Kickstarter yeah. again, but we can actually just sell comic books. The other one, FSL Tonight uh, and, and Autopilot, which I did with Scott Johnson, are both very purely like, we want to do this project. The only way we can do it is if we make this amount of money. Uh, so if you give us that money, we'll make the project. If we don't make that money, we won't make the project. Um, so we're... When you had both launching, did you have just both of them just sitting there waiting for the page to refresh and see if people are coming in, or were you more like, we'll just let it run its course? I, the, the, yeah, the first couple of days I was looking at it a couple times a day, and then I would look at it once a day, and, and it was funny. With 10 State, we had a whole stretch goal plan mm -hmm. set up, so it was sort of like, oh, we got to that goal. Let's see if we can get to, you know, what do we need to do to get to this next goal? And we did a lot of Twitter posts and Facebook postings to try to drive that, and it worked. Uh, with FSL Tonight, both Justin and I were like, we made a stretch goal because that's what you're supposed to do, but we were pretty happy just getting season one. And so yeah. once we met our goal, which was like nine days in, we just kind of let off. We're like, yeah. let's not bug people. Let's not overdo it. If we meet the stretch goal, great. We'll do a second season. But uh, And we didn't, uh, but it ended up working out great, and uh, people are really enjoying yeah. it. And it's nice to be able to do that season without having to worry yeah. about funding. That's always good. Um, all right, two, two questions I have left on there is like, one, do you have any advice for anybody who's kind of considering starting their own crowdfunding project? Yeah, find somebody who knows about it to hook up with and partner. That's what we did with FSL Tonight. Uh, a guy named David Michael has helped a lot of Scott Johnson's Kickstarter projects, mm -hmm. and we brought him in as an advisor. And uh, he, we actually paid him like twice what he asked <laughs> fee-wise, but it was a very small fee for him to just say like, here's where we think the levels are best at. This is how you add a, a gift in later on to help drive subscriptions yeah. and or, or drive funding. Uh, so, so find somebody or at least do a lot of research that, that you can figure out how the best practices have been developed by the people who have yeah. done Kickstarter before. Okay. All right. So the final question I have is like, lately we've kind of seen more negative sides on crowdfunding with 
They had this Kobe beef project out there that was raising a ton of money and barely got cut off. And then Kickstarter offering an apology last week about um, the project that they let through on there. Um, but I remember you mentioning on Tech News Today saying that we shouldn't be going to these crowdfunding projects expecting to get something out of it. And um, but you're really just trying to help these guys get an idea off the ground and help help it go. Um, do you see like how do you explain that to people without them kind of thinking that? you know, these crowdfunding sites are to get tangible items out. Yeah, and, and I think it is as much the burden of the person seeking funding as the people doing the, the donations and the funding to say, this is not a store. We are not just selling ooyahs or we are not just selling comic books. Uh, we'll give you a copy or we'll give you a box because that makes sense if you're funding us that we'd do that. But, but really you know, double down on the message that what you're buying here is the chance for us to try this and it may or may not work. Uh, with something like a podcast like FSL Tonight, it's a, it's a, no, it's a go or no go thing. And that, that's the ideal where it's like, you're not really getting anything, maybe some, some posters or something, but you're going to get the season and that's what you're really buying there. Uh, and so I, I think it's incumbent on the people who are doing the Kickstarter projects to say, yeah, you're going to get stuff, but remember, what you're doing it for is to help us do it. And if you don't want to help us do it, then maybe yeah. that's not the right Kickstarter. Of course, people never want to say yeah, that, but, but that the, the, should be the idea there. Okay. All right, Tom, again, thank you for taking some time. I know you're busy running around talking to people, so I appreciate you just taking a couple seconds to talk to us. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, well, uh, I might as well plug the two things that are results <laughs> of Kickstarter, fsltonight.com. Not for everybody, uh, but if you're into science fiction and fantasy, geeky references, and delivered as if it were sports talk radio, if that sounds interesting <laughs> to you, uh, go check it out. And then uh, definitely Ten State, our comic, uh, is coming to Comixology. Uh, if you didn't back the Kickstarter, uh, and it's... It's a comic book about some people who are put on a reality show and locked in a biodome you know, with the idea of trying to get along together and then something goes wrong outside and they lose contact with the outside world. Yeah, like I definitely recommend 10 State. I, I backed it and I got the two first copies. I'm like, how are they? I need more. I how, need more. Okay, now. good, good, good. That's what I want to hear. I love it. Awesome. Thanks, man. All right. All right, guys. More interviews once I can drag everybody down. So after this, see you. All right, guys. Here we are with Bill Duran. You guys might have remembered in a previous episode of the KitCast, we featured his uh, pro space prop gun project. So, Bill, how are you doing today? Ah, I'm a happy man, yeah. I'll tell you that much. I know, because you just barely finished, right? Yep, we just finished uh, Tuesday uh, last week, and uh, we were funded, so hooray! So my question is, did you do a jig right after it funded? Uh, I don't know, it's all a, kind of a blur. <laughs> I blacked out a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, kind of, what was your kind of reasoning behind picking uh, Kickstarter to use as your platform for your project? Um... From, from most of the stuff I can tell, Kickstarter, uh, it seems like, responds very well to things that are products, uh, where people go there to see a new thing, and one of the rewards is always the product. So yeah. people go to it because they want the thing. Um, and also, the, the, the Kickstarter name is pretty ubiquitous now, so, so for selling that idea to people and getting it to as many people as possible, it seemed like that was the best option. So, yeah, that sounds a great idea. So um, one thing that people a lot of kind of have a question is, how do you figure out your different tiers for everything? So what kind of process did you have to go to to try and figure out what um, kind of tier you want to pick? Well, I talked to a lot of, I had a lot of friends who have done crowdfunding campaigns, both on Kickstarter and Indiegogo, and uh, to get sort of an idea of what they did. Uh, but it's not too different from what I do with my, with my business, which is to make sure I have something for every price range, including the ultra high level and the ultra low level, um, which worked out really well because the lowest level was $5 and like 250 people came in there. Yeah. 
That's, um, so do you have any advice for people who are kind of thinking of starting their own crowdfunding project out there? Um, sure. The sort of basic advice uh, being make sure you have something for everyone. Uh, and when you're selling the idea, especially with your video, you want to sell uh, how, how this thing helps everyone. Because the, the people on the internet respond to, if, it's, if this is a thing that just benefits me, then people are less responsive to that. But if you're able to sell the idea that this, if this project is successful, everyone benefits from it. Uh, people, people get into that and, they, and they, they appreciate that. So with my project, I really, I really enjoy the, the idea of, a, of the collaborative nature of it, where I sort of give people the option to have a, a platform to take that and just run with it. Uh, and, and people responded to that, and people liked my, my design, so that was really cool. Yeah. I love it. I love how you mentioned the video too, because I look through. You don't really yeah, know lot, how many projects yeah. I look through projects to prepare for the show, and like the one thing that kills me is the video. Sometimes people don't. It seems like they don't put an effort into right. that, and they just give you this wall of text after yeah. where you're like, uh, "Well, I'm gonna glaze over this." With the video, yeah. you're selling yourself. That's really yeah. what it is. And another thing I've learned about running my business too, my, my prop making business, is that it's mostly me selling me. Yeah. Uh, and and that's what people respond to. Uh, yeah. That's what I loved about your video when I saw him. Like that is the bill that we all know and love right there. And you know, you're honestly like saying, "Hey, I need some help to yeah. get this going." So, sure, I sure you know, did. <laughs> on there. So, um, what are your kind of plans right now? Since you've just barely finished on there. Uh, uh, right now, um, I have to um, come up with a game plan. I I, have, I already had a pretty good idea what I was going to do, but I, I have a bunch of commission stuff that I have to finish up for the uh, the next couple of months. Mm -hmm. And during that time, I'm going to get some new tools for my shop so that I can uh, rebuild the prototype I made for my space gun. I've got to make a, a newer, like, super clean prototype for it, the sort of production version of it. Yeah. Um, I need to make new molds for all of that so that I can produce them, a lot of them, because I have to make, like, 130 of them or something. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, And I love how you always keep posting updates for people, yeah. like, every step along, right there. Like, did that? W did you have this conversation that you wanted to actively do that, or was yeah. that just something naturally that came? To no, you I, I had friends that I talked to, and they said every couple of days, update people. Every every because once you have backers, you can send out an update, and they all get that in their mm -hmm. email. And then the people who are your backers are your marketing committee. Yeah. And you say, all right, guys, we're almost there. You guys are invested. Now get your friends in, into it. Uh, and I had a friend who specifically told me, like, you got you to gotta do yeah. that. Um, I've seen other campaigns, both successful and not successful, that have, like, three updates. Yeah. I'm like, guys, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you, you, the, actually, when you talk about that, the thing I didn't realize so much going into it is how much work you do during the campaign. Mm -hmm. And that's part of it. How many nights did you go sleepless wondering, like, can uh, I get any more backers? Fortunately, <laughs> um, fortunately, I uh, I work a lot, and I'm extremely tired at the end of yeah. every day. So exhaustion wins mostly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there was one day where I actually went negative, like, yeah. uh, just because people drop out or yeah. whatever. And most of the it was, it was a pretty steady incline. for the, One day it went down, and that was a dark day. I was like, <laughs> no, now it's going to fail. <laughs> But uh, it, it yeah. rebounded really rebounded. fast. That's so. good. That's good. All right, Bill. I just want to say thank you for taking some time sure. and just talking to us, especially about your experiences. Yeah, that's one something that I don't think people really hear a lot about yeah. is people's experiences going through these projects mm -hmm. and realizing that you know those thirty days right there are yeah crazy. It's, a, it's, it's like having a second job. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you that much. Right. Well, thank you for yeah. having me on and thanks for featuring my uh, Kickstarter. Yeah, no show. problem. Like I loved it. That when I saw him, like that is going on the show. No awesome. questions asked right there. Um, do you got anything you want to? 
people to check out at home? Um, sure. It's just uh, twitter.com slash chinbeard, and I'm super active there. Uh, Facebook.com slash punished props, which is my prop making company, and I am, again, super active there, posting uh, build updates on whatever projects I'm working on, uh, and then punishedprops.com for all of the rest of my stuff. All right, sweet. Thanks, Bill. Thank you. All right, guys. I am here with Andrew Allen. You may have meant remembered a project that we featured back a couple months ago for free play and that was actually your second project on uh, Kickstarter so you're pretty much almost a uh, veteran when it comes to the Kickstarter projects um, so um, tell everybody at home what was your first reason that you wanted to actually go the Kickstarter route instead of you know trying to go the more traditional route where you sign hmm. with a label and whatnot well, I actually signed with Brian Ibbett from, from Coverville. He has, he has a small record label in Arvada, Colorado. And we decided after a few months of, um, of me sending him songs and saying, hey, check this out, please check this out, um, he signed me. And we decided that Kickstarter was going to be the best medium to push the album. Right. So when... when Actually, that was that was in Kickstarter's infancy, I think. Or it yeah, was, it was it was, that young. was when it was just barely picking up steam because that yeah. was even before the Pebble Watch. Yep. I, you know, I'll full full disclaimer: I've backed both of your projects, and <laughs> I actually remember Free Play was number two, and that was only because Nertacular barely beat it by like a month on there. So. Smooth Federation. Or yeah, Smooth oh. Federation. Oh. oh. No, no, yeah. no, I'm joking. No, you no, can no. tell it's starting to get late when I'm like, <laughs> can't keep track of everything now. No, man. You know what? Um, we watched Scott do his, and that was our experiment, because our our idea to do a Kickstarter was way before his. Yeah. And But he was able to do it first. And and he he didn't know what, what was going to go on, and we didn't know what was going to happen. So we were going to use his first mm -hmm. and see and test the water. And he had a blowout success. And the thing is, is that, Scott Johnson will always have a blowout success. Yeah. You know, for us, it's it, it might it might not be as much of a blowout, but hopefully we can we can advertise enough with it. So um, we figured that it was going to be the best way to reach people who didn't know who I was, because at that time I was virtually unknown and not a whole lot of people knew me. Yeah, because I remember yeah. when they actually played your first song. On TMS, I'm like, oh my god, I need to find more of this guy, <laughs> and I like search high and low. I'm like, where's more of his stuff? I want more of this. <laughs> yeah, and I was and I was so green. I was, I was right out of college, and I was I was just starting to come into my own for jazz. Yeah, yeah, that was a great thing. And so um, I actually, Tom actually mentioned this when I talked to him. He he actually said that. Um, one helpful thing with Kickstarter is finding somebody who's kind of had some experience. So would you say, like, even though Scott's was maybe a month ahead of yours, did, how much did that actually help you kind of formulate the plan for the Kickstarter? Oh, gosh. Project? You know, um, we actually just just jumped right in for ours. Um, we, we, we didn't really use a whole... We, we didn't have anyone that had any experience except for Scott's. That was a month before. Um, I, I'd say now, doing the, doing the second Kickstarter... The experience that we learned, we're now able to give to everyone else, right? Um, but no, I, I'd, I'd say that we, sometimes you just got to go with it. Now, now knowing what I know, um, you got to put something on Kickstarter that has great, great video quality, great audio quality, has great pictures to put in the description. Mm -hmm. But then also, you, you have to be able to have something that's intriguing to that audience. And for Kickstarter, it's not, it's not a mainstream crowd, really. 
you know, yeah. like um, uh, Melissa Joan Hart just just tried to do a two million dollar movie and she failed. Yeah, she didn't even get close. Fifty thousand, yeah. I think it was, and and that was gosh, that was um, that was like a a list celebrity ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's you 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 have to know your market, know your audience. So it's. You, first, you got to be able to do the business of your project, but then you also got to be the marketer for it. Yeah, like, so. that, that's what I tell a lot of people. People kind of have this stigma where it's Kickstarter. I'm like, oh, so if I just stick a project on there, I'm going to make a gazillion dollars off there. Mm -hmm. I tell them, no, I, I almost can guarantee you for the duration of your pro project, you're not going to be <laughs> sleeping that much because you're going to be thinking about it constantly. And you're essentially, instead of, trying to say in the VC world where you're trying to just convince a couple investors, you're pretty much trying to convince over a million investors right now that yeah. visit the site. Um, so kind of on that sense, um, people have said that, you know, having a good base at the beginning mm -hmm. is really helpful for your Kickstarter project. Um, yep. Do you kind of agree with that? And Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Ibit. Ibit brought the heat, man. <laughs> um, Ibit and, and Scott Johnson, uh, they brought the fans because I was I was unknown, you know. Mm -hmm. I I might have been able to fund a thousand or a couple thousand on my own over thirty days, but having the fans already from TMS and Coverville, that's what that's what really brought us in the funding that we needed. Yeah, and, and like I said, that's how I discovered you. So <laughs> I'm glad that yep. they did it because you know you're you're one of my uh, Insta backs. As I call, as I call them, they, I, honestly, there's actually only two people on there. It's you and Scott Johnson. Oh man, right there. Well, so, well, thank you. So, on there, um, do you have any kind of advice for people at home or thinking of starting their own crowdfunding project like this? What I would think about is make your project intriguing, and know your market, know your audience, and and know your price point. Okay, because when when we were first thinking about price points for the first record. I had this number, this insane number in my head, and I was like, well, you know, there's millions of people who go to Kickstarter, so we should put our thing at like 30,000 or, or 50,000, which would have been a huge mistake, yeah. right? So, so if, you're, if you want to be successful and, and, and be funded, I'd say go low, right? So if, if, if you're unknown, you don't have a whole lot of support going into the Kickstarter, put your put your level at a, a thousand, two thousand, just to ensure that you have enough to do the bare bones project that you want to do. And if you overfund 500% or a thousand percent or however much, then, then that's just icing on the cake. Yeah. So, so pretty much, uh, under promise and over deliver if you can in kind of, kind of sense on that. Yeah, I think so. That, that's yeah. a great thing. And another thing that, um, I've discovered, like how did you, um, one of the things that I see a lot of projects do, even mm -hmm. successful ones, is they don't keep people updated on what's going on. But mm -hmm. I loved your videos where you <laughs> kind of just like the, you know, behind the scenes showing yep. kind of the blind process on that. Um, it's like, how, how, how'd you like doing that kind of letting your backers get a little peek inside on your process? It was, it, it was something foreign to you. It was fantastic. And it was, it was great to show them that how I write, how I write the music, and it keeps them interested. So I think that that sometimes Kickstarter backers they'll back something, and then just forget about it, and then one day they'll just get a CD in the I've mail. Done that a couple times. Yeah, actually. yeah. So I, I, because also we're using Kickstarter as a marketing tool, 
So it, it's not just, hey, fund me. It's, hey, fund me and follow me on Twitter, and I hope you like my music. And we're, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to genu genuate, or no, generate. Ooh, <laughs> it's late. Um, we're trying to generate uh, a following for me, and, and you can easily do that on, on Kickstarter. Oh, that, that's pretty sweet. Um, like, so if you had, are there any, is there anything you would change in any of your previous mm. projects on there? Or, you know, um, do you think that was the best that you actually could do at the time? I think for Smooth Federation, that was, that was the best, because, and especially because we didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, for free play, I, I think we did pretty darn well. I mean, it, you can always market more. You can always, you know, you can pay people to say how great your your project is on a on a few podcasts. Yeah. But the the true Kickstarter way is to just have a good project and people will back it. That's awesome. Um, all right, Andrew. I, do you have it? Um, you know, I just want to say thanks for taking time because you've been busy you, man. and like I seeing you live. Oh my god, like <laughs> that is amazing. Seriously, thank you. Like, thank you. There is a look on your face when you're up there playing on the keys, and I am—I can tell that you are totally in love with your craft, and you totally believe in it. And you know that is your life and soul right there. And Thank that you, is man. just something that I, it's hard to capture even on camera. Like you'd have <laughs> to see it live. So if you guys ever have a chance to see Andrew play live, do it because you will see a man that is just loving what he does. And that's thank you, know, you so much, man. That's almost the whole point of crowdfunding, right there. You know. That's being able to do something you love out there. And, you know? and, and, and you know, I, I wouldn't be where I am now without Kickstarter. I wouldn't be. Yeah. Um, do you have anything to plug right now oh, for people God. at home? You know? um, well, if you go to Coverville.com um, and go to their Jump Seller, you can find all, all the CDs, all the Smooth Federation stuff, all of the free play stuff. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at KeysWithSoul. And that's pretty much it. All right, guys. Thanks, man. Thank you, Andrew. All right. I appreciate it. And I can't wait for our next Thank projects. You. Thank you. All right, guys, that's it for all our interviews that we got at Nerdtacular 2013. Again, I want to give a big thanks to Tom Merritt, Chinbeard, uh, Bill Duran, and Andrew Allen for taking some time to talk to me at Nerdtacular. I know they're all busy running around doing their kind of things, and uh, I really appreciate them taking some time just to talk to me about their whole crowdfunding experience and stuff. I had a blast in Nertacular. I hope all of them did too. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed this special episode of the KitCast where it's a little bit different. We didn't really feature any product projects, but I hope it uh, gives you guys a kind of a different look on crowdfunding projects, being able to see um, the project creators instead of just uh, looking at the projects as uh, somebody who's looking to back. So hopefully that will give you guys some insights for all you guys at home who are kind of thinking of starting your own crowdfunding project and stuff. Um, if you like episodes like this, please let me know if you want to see more. Um, just send an email to kickcast at ktdata.net or leave it on any of our social networks such as uh, facebook.com slash kickcast, um, at kickcast on Twitter, or on uh, Google Plus at plus.kickcast.net. Um, so this was kind of a pre-recorded episode, but we do do episodes live every Tuesday. So I hope you guys come uh, next Tuesday for us. We'll be recording live on July 23rd, 2013, and you can find that at live.kickcast.net. Um, other than that, guys, again, thank you for everybody who's watching at home. I hope you guys like this episode, and we will see you next week. Bye. <laughs>